This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. It is your boy Ty Butler back here on 98.7 ESPN. We're going until 4.30 today. We're at that time. You'll get Islanders, Devils. But for the next 90 minutes or so, it's you and me. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler, and on the gram, Ty D. Butler. We also invite you to join the conversation here at 98.7 ESPN at 1-800-919-3776. 800-919-3776. So much on the table. So we'll go a little potpourri at the top. Knicks and Nets, both getting wins last night. For the Knicks, it was fresh off of a drubbing in Milwaukee where they got embarrassed by 30 points. But they come back yesterday. They beat Oklahoma City, and I heard Alan Hahn during the broadcast you know, talk about how big of a game it was, and he flirted with saying it was a must-win game. And I, I agreed with him, because when you look at the Knicks going forward and this schedule, you go to Oklahoma City against a team without their best player in SGA, that's a game you got to win. So, yeah, that was a big win for the, for the Knicks last night. Maybe not must win, but I, I hear what he's saying. That's, that schedule is going to be tough. 33 games left in the season for the Knicks. 19 are against teams above 500. This year they've played 15 games against teams above 500. They've only won four. So, yes, big win for the Knicks last night. R.J. Barrett, 31 points, career high. Julius Randle gets a triple-double. Only the it's the first time a Nick has had multiple triple doubles in a season since Mark Jackson did it in 1988, which a little a little surprising. But they got the win last night. They prepare tomorrow night to play the Brooklyn Nets, who also corralled a victory. 195 was the final score against the Pistons, and for the Nets, this was a game that they almost blew. They were up early pretty much led throughout the game. But then late, the Pistons took a lead with three minutes to go, and then James Harden said, all right, it's my time to take over. I I remember when, uh, weeks ago, when the Nets traded for James Harden and all the crowd that shouted to the rooftops, you were giving up too much for Harden. You don't need him. I am not giving up that package for James Harden. Especially when it means I got to give up Jared Allen. But James Harden last night with a ho hum triple double. He's got nine triple doubles so far with the Knicks. So yeah, uh, with the Nets. I'm sorry. So yeah, the 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 Nets right now. Where would they be without Harden? Since he's come, they've been fantastic. And the last twelve games, they've had Harden and Kyrie in the lineup. They've won all twelve of them. So the Nets are are peaking right now. Knicks Nets tomorrow night should be fun. Free agency starts this week. And as a Jet fan, I, I am overcome by anxiety. I got to tell you, because we, as Jet fans, we, we look forward and we get so excited about having excellent draft capital and a load of cap space because you get to have all these shiny toys at your disposal. I want a pass rusher. I want receivers. Give me the quarterback. But then you look at it and you say, wait. The reason why we're drafting number two overall, and we've got about $70 million in cap space, is because we're a pretty bad team. We've got a ton of holes to fill. Still have no idea what they're doing at quarterback. Zach Wilson seems to be right now the name that is, I would say, the favorite to, to land at the quarterback position for the Jets. The assumption is that Sam Darnold will be gone. And if I'm Sam Darnold, uh, there isn't a single scenario that exists where I would want to come back. I, that divorce should be mutual. Darnold will have literally no chance of being successful here in New York. He he hasn't been given the tools around him to be... to to have an excellent start to his career. We understand that. Going from Bowles to two years of Gase, who was just, I mean, with no due respect, one of the worst coaches I've ever seen. Coming in as a quote-unquote offensive guru, the Jets, of course, 
under that guru, the worst offense in the NFL the last two seasons. But for Darnold, you heard Mark Sanchez a couple of weeks ago on Get Up say, listen, the first time he goes three and out, fans back in the stadium, he's going to get booed. There's, there's, there's no upside to bringing him back. And I feel bad for him, but you look at a guy who's 13 and 25 as, as a starting quarterback, yes, some of it falls on the organization. Most of it does. But he also has to shoulder some of that responsibility. He just hasn't been good. We've seen flashes, but poor decision-making, turnovers. He, he's been hurt. The mono situation, you can't really hold against him. But the, the guy just hasn't done enough to, to prove he is what they envisioned him being when they took him number three overall. So with the Jets, <laughs> a ton of anxiety. Get the quarterback. Deshaun Watson would be my guy. Russell Wilson's a pipe dream. But if you don't get those guys, Zach Wilson, I would imagine, has to be who the Jets are going to select. Over to the Giants. A a little bit more stability there, though you do have a ton of question marks. Daniel Jones will undergo a season-long evaluation. Because similar to Darnold, he hasn't really shown that he's going to be the, the giant franchise quarterback who's, who's ultimately going to get them to that level of being competitive, not just for the postseason, but f- for winning championships. And it's clear what the direction they have to go in. And it's you know, lock up Leonard Williams to a long-term contract. You got to get some, some skill position upgrades. You got Saquon Barkley coming back from that torn ACL, but he should be fine. So that's what the Giants have as far as free agency and the draft is concerned. And then in baseball, the Yankees, we're about, what, two and a half weeks away from opening day? The Yankees' quest for another championship, and I'm so, I'm so sick of listening to people tell me that I can't consider it a disappointment that they haven't won a title since 2009. Because I come across as a spoiled Yankee fan, devoid of any humility. I'm a brat. Well, that might be true. But look, 12 years since going to the World Series, 12 years since capturing a title, ain't good enough, especially when you're the New York Yankees. So yes, I'll be that guy and say it. If you're a Celtics fan... You can look at Danny Ainge and say it's been, the last 30 years we have one championship in 2008, nothing else to show for it. You can have a problem with that. You can take exception to that. You're a Cowboys fan. You look at since 95, I believe you've won only four playoff games. Yeah, you've got an issue with that. So as a Yankee fan, it's adorable that prior to the COVID shortened season, you'd won 100 games in back-to-back seasons to open up Aaron Boone's tenure. But it's time to win a championship. It's time to win a championship. Let's stop goofing around with the. Yes, they're doing well in the in the playoffs, but they're losing to the better. It's time for you to be the better team. And over in Flushing, the Mets just are, are now going to come into the season with some legitimate expectations. One of the best teams, at least on paper, in the National League. You add Lindor, who's a consensus top 10 player at worst, at best top five player. You get him to go along with Conforto and Alonzo. You've got DeGrom, who might be the best pitcher in baseball. So a ton of expectation on that at front as well. So look, you got uh, the Nets, who I've been saying all along, they're not a bold take, but they're going to go to the NBA Finals. I think the Knicks will get to the playoffs as well. Got the Jets, hopefully trending upward. The Giants, more of the same there. You've got the Yankees and should should win the championship this year. It, it, Yankees, Padres, Dodgers, that's tier one. They, they should be at least in that conversation. At least they, they should at the very least get to the World Series. The Mets now under new ownership. Ton to be excited about there. So look, New York City, we back, baby. We back. Let's do it. We got six teams to be excited about. Six teams. And I'm looking forward to it. 
I'm looking forward to it. Amari Stoudemire. What'd you say? Back in 2010? Knicks are back? It's not just the Knicks, Amari. Right now, we're talking about New York City, baby. New York City sports. We back. So we're going to 430 today. Ty Butler here on 98.7 ESPN. Phone number 1-800-919-3776. 800-919-3776. So everything on the table. NFL free agency. Draft. Less than 50 days away. We've got the Yankees and Mets gearing up for opening day about two and a half weeks from now. Of course, March Madness. The brackets will be unveiled at 6 o'clock. we got to get into what a, a night that was for Patrick Ewan. How... It, it, to see the journey he's had uh, getting to this point, getting Georgetown back to the big dance, uh, it, it's fun to watch. Also on the table, the Knicks and Nets. Knicks and Nets meeting tomorrow night. The Knicks, I, I think the expectation has to be to make the playoffs. The Nets, the expectation has to be to at the very least make the NBA Finals. But it's all on the table. We'll have a, a buffet out going until 4.30 today. Ty Butler, we're having some fun right here on 98.7. ESPN. Ty Butler. Let this rock out, Michael. 98.7 ESPN. So I told Michael before the show, I said, listen, we got to go all biggie today. This past week was the 24-year anniversary of his tragic death. I hopped on Netflix and watched... That amazing documentary chronicling his his life and his music career up until he was killed. So, Michael, I posed a question to you. Have you seen said documentary? I have not. All right. So I got a story to tell is the Biggie doc. You've got to go watch it sometime this week. It, it is one of the best hip hop documentaries I've ever seen. Biggie's my second favorite rapper of all time. Would have been f- turning 50 next year. Who's one? Number one, obviously, is the GOAT, Jay-Z. Like, no question. No argument there. Like that, That's not even a conversation. But with Biggie, like, he was so talented, so ahead of his time. You watch the documentary and you look at him and you're like, wait. Like, sometimes you forget he was only 24. He looked way older than 24. And you just imagine, like, how he would be thriving in the business right now as as one of the better talents we've ever seen. But unfortunately, succumbing to some violence there. But like I said, go check out that I Got a Story to Tell documentary. I'm, I'm pretty sure that after the Grammys tonight, you'll have some time to, to check that out. All right, back to your phone calls or to your phone calls we go. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram, T-Y-D-B-U-T-L-E-R. 800-919-3776. We started with the Knicks and Nets, so who better to talk to about basketball than my guy, the one and only, Spike in New Jersey. Spike, talk to me nice. I always talk to you nice. Listen, I'm watching the end of, and good luck to Michael, I'm watching the end of LSU-Alabama. Did you have it on? Uh, yes, I do have LSU-Alabama on. Oh, oh. No, I don't. Okay. So check this out. This is why youth is wasted on the young. And I say that because you know how I feel about you. So Trenton Watford, who's the star of LSU, gets the ball with seven seconds to go. They call the play. It's a one-point game. And he gets a bad pass and winds up in the backcourt. And he throws an air ball kind of up. And then the guy misses the rebound. And you know the results. And Alabama hasn't been this good since uh, Robert Orient's. We all went there. I mean, they just changed coaches from Avery Johnson and this guy Nate Oates. So my my point is, so I'm watching the end of the game. I have no interest in the game except well, one seed against the three seed. They'll probably both get in, you know. And the guys and the coaches, and you got eight to eighty-eight. Every kind of person you can imagine. They're hugging and embracing and and high-fiving and every beautiful, emotional, you know, kind of winning and losing is coming out of it. And then they put their mask on. (laughs) (laughs) And the masks, of course, are impeccably uh, uh, put together with the school's logo. You know, you got the deal. And I'm going, wow. I mean, these are kids. Uh, You're a kid to me, too. You're a young man. And I'm watching these 19, 20-year-old kids. They just experience such a great ending to, we know how much we love hoops, right? You Absolutely. love a one-point game with the, yeah. the clock running down, right? And, and, and then they, it's what just, you live for, you the biggest moments. 
The biggest moments. Yeah, it was crunch time. Oh yeah, the world watching. Oh, okay. absolutely. Yeah, it's okay. All right. Well, listen. Anyway, I got the line's not that good. I just uh, the thing with the Knicks and the Nets. The Knicks will be uh, thirty-five and thirty-seven. They'll get in the eight seed. That's fine for me. They have a dearth of talent. Probably the second or third worst roster talent-wise in the league, and probably one of the top five coaches. And coaching in basketball is as important as it is in football. Real close, so that made the difference. They play hard. You can do it on defense. You could you could die for the loose balls. You get those fifty-fifty balls. The Knicks have overachieved, and yeah. the Nets will only beat your Lakers if they're at full strength. I don't think if AD comes back, you're going to have to have KD, Kyrie and Harden playing every game. That's the way I see it. Do you agree? Yes, and thanks for your call, Spike. So with the Knicks, you mentioned Tom Thibodeau. He would unquestionably be, to me, the coach of the year, if not for Quinn Schneider, who's doing a hell of a job in Utah with the Jazz. They're they're the number one seed right now in the tougher conference in the West, despite not having a top 15 player on their roster. They've been that good. But Tom Thibodeau would be number two for me. He he has the second best coaching head coaching performance this year, without question. Everyone had the Knicks in the lottery. I said they were going to be a fun fifty loss team, so I'll, I'll have the egg on my face. And now the expectations have changed. They're the seven seed right now. You get ten slots for the playoffs this year with the playing games. The Knicks are they're expected to make the playoffs. You've got all-star Julius Randle. You've got R.J. Barrett. He's having a, a really good season. I just mentioned how, you know, how how high on Tibbs I am after what he's done so far this year. I, I think the expectation has to be to make the playoffs. You look at the Eastern Conference right now, you got Tier 1 with Brooklyn, Philly, and Milwaukee. No one's touching that tier. But 4 through 13 separated by five games. That, that 4 through 13 include my guy Michael's Washington Wizards, who have been playing really well lately. And all of a sudden, Bradley Beal, ah, I don't know if he's still on the trade market. I don't know. He's been balling this year. Russ is playing a lot better. I know Beal didn't play last night, but Russell, uh, Russell Westbrook, he's been really good. So 4 through 13 separated by five games. The, the teams that I know for a fact the Knicks aren't better than, the Nets, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Heat, and the Celtics. Everyone else, they're to be had. So the Knicks should be expected to make the playoffs. It would be a disappointment if they didn't. Everyone else is to be had. And Spike mentioned the Lakers needing Anthony Davis to be healthy. Now, that's obvious. AD is a top seven player in the league. You you take a top seven player in the league off of any team. You take the second best option uh, on a team off of any team, and there there's going to be some significant drop off as far as the performance and and the Lakers struggling the last couple of weeks. The Achilles scares me. It's it's called a calf strain, but you know we we heard the same thing with Kevin Durant. Now it's a little different because Durant rushed back and there was the intensity of the NBA Finals. But I think Anthony Davis is going to be fine. And then you'll have the the Nets with Durant, Irving, and Harden in the finals against I think the Lakers with with LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. So it should be fun. Knicks will make the playoffs. Nets will get to the finals. All will be good in the world of New York City sports. We head to Brooklyn, my hometown. My stomping grounds to talk to King Bourne. Talk to me, King. Hey, what's going on, brother? Listen, what's man. Good? Brooklyn bias here. I got. I'm gonna give you a fun fact. Um, my family grew up with Biggie. They lived down the block with him from St. James and classes and stuff. So I remember back in the days when he first came out with Unbelievable. Mm. My brother called me. He was like, "You know who Biggie is?" So I don't know who Biggie is. You never saw that big, fat, black, cross-eyed dude <laughs> with Uncle Woody on St. James and Fulton? I couldn't believe it was him. You know what I mean? So, you know, rest his, you know, rest his soul. You know what I'm yes, saying? Sir. So yes, I sir. don't want to look at the documentary because damn near lived it. Family grew up with him. I went to school with little Kim. Went to BMCC with her. Listen, man, let's get to the Jets real okay, quick. Okay, let's, let's do I'm it. I'm nervous. I'm scared. Yo, Joe Douglas can't diss us. 
Oh, Everyone no. King, wait, King, time out. Before we continue, because, I mean, you were off to a great start with the whole Biggie thing, and now, and now I don't know, we, we're taking a turn for the worst. So the same Fitzpatrick, who in 2015, with the Jets on the brink of making the playoffs, <laughs> it was, they were 10-5, and five, they were on, uh, I believe it was a six-game winning streak, they've gotten back-to-back wins over the Giants and the Patriots, I'm sitting at a bar with my family watching Fitzpatrick melt before our eyes. Three interceptions against a Bills team with nothing to play for. Nothing to play for. And to make matters worse, it was against Rex Ryan, who swept him that season. So that is the guy you want to bring back to New York. Let me hear. No, no, Ty, listen. Ty, hear me out real quick. Ty, hear me out real quick. I'm listening, baby. I'm I'm listening. If you're going to get Zach Wilson at number two, right, we need a quarterback. I don't think Zach is ready just to go into the into the into the um the, you know the hot oven like that. We gotta get somebody that he could sit for eight nine games and then learn. Don't throw him. Don't throw him out in the wolves yet, man. You know, don't do that. You know. But listen, man. Joe Douglas better not diss me and you, man. You better not diss us. Better I not agree. Diss us, man. I, I agree. Joe Douglas, if you're listening, King says. You better not diss us. Look, for me, <laughs> Deshaun, I, I can't, I, I can't shake it. We've been seduced by the trade rumors. Deshaun Watson to the Jets. Is it going to be three first round picks? But what, what is it going to take to land Deshaun Watson here in New York? He immediately becomes either the first or second best player you've ever had in this uniform. That is to. <laughs> That is too juicy to give up. Three first-round picks, if that's what it takes to get it done, I'm doing it. I don't think there's a such thing as overpaying for a franchise elite-level quarterback, one of the best in the NFL. I don't don't think there's a, a price that is too high. So that that's that's what you have to do. Bring Deshaun Watson here. To New York. Houston, what are you doing? You heard David Culley last week in his press conference say that Deshaun Watson is still our quarterback. We are still going forward with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. (laughs) We'll see how that works out. You're in a relationship that's toxic. The person wants to get out of said relationship, and you are trying to hold on for dear life. Nine times out of ten, ain't working out, champ. Ain't working out. We'll get to more of your phone calls. We'll, we'll uh, touch on Patrick Ewan, as I mentioned. What a night he had. Georgetown getting back to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2015. So we do got to give a shout-out to, to big man Patrick Ewing. We'll do more of that. Take your phone calls coming up. Ty Butler right here on ESPN New York, 98.7. This just puts you in such a good mood, man. This song... I. Was bumping it earlier this week. I had totally forgotten about it. It is an underrated gem. Ty Butler here on 98.7 ESPN. Hit me on Twitter, Ty D. Butler, and on the gram, Ty D. Butler. You can join the conversation as well. 1-800-919-3776. 800-919-3776. Back to the phone calls in a moment. But back to the Jets. If you trade Darnold, what are you getting? A second-round pick? Because I would have to imagine, there's there's no way you can get a first-round pick for Darnold. You you make that tomorrow if you can get a first-rounder for him. But you have to trade him, and he should not want to come back to play for this team. And it really has nothing to do with it being a, a bad organization. It's just you look at what's happened over the first three years that you've been here. You've had zero success. You've had two two failed head coaches. You've had no weapons. And some of the blame has been put on you because you just haven't performed well. And it's, I heard a caller during Carlin's show suggest that they draft Zach Wilson but keep Sam Darnold on the roster <laughs> like the Chiefs did with Alex Smith and Mahomes. Wait a minute. You cannot compare Alex Smith to, you cannot compare Sam Darnold to Alex Smith. Alex Smith was an established veteran who had some success in Kansas City. They just flamed out in the playoffs. Now, obviously no one knew Mahomes was going to be MJ, but with the Chiefs, 
at least there was some some type of successive plan. I, I think by all parties, it was understood. Alex Smith was there to just be a stopgap, like going forward as, as a stopgap to get to Mahomes. And it worked out well for them. But that that can't even compare to what the Jets have going on here. If you draft Zach Wilson, it means Darnold's career in New York is over. And it should be. I, I like Darnold. I've met him. He, he's a nice guy. I, I root for him to have success against every other team not named the New York Jets. But it, it's time to go. It's time to go. That, that's just what it comes down to. Back to the phones. James in Spring Valley, my guy. Talk to me. Ty, you, Ty up, man, bro? you know... You, you you know that we we we've had we had a good friendship. I think we have a good relationship. So I got to ask you this, and I'm gonna get to the next point in a second. You realize that the Nets are the Nets are probably gonna win the championship, and all this talk about the Nets it kind of bothers me because I'm a Knicks fan, and you know that unfortunately. But to make a larger point, it seems like Nets fans want like wants to take over the city, but all this talk is about a team that's just a game over 500. So at least with this question, would it be a bigger story that the Knicks make the playoffs or the Nets losing the championship? Because the Knicks making the store making the playoffs when no one, no honest Knicks fan could say, you know what, we had the Knicks making the playoffs. All right, so, so that is a be the bigger story. And hang on, uh, hang on the line. It's a phenomenal question. Is it a bigger story if the Knicks make the playoffs or the Nets getting to the NBA Finals? I would say unequivocally, the bigger story is the Knicks getting to the playoffs for a reason you just mentioned. No one locally or nationally had the Knicks anywhere near the playoff picture, and that's with 10 spots available. No one had them there. (laughs) You've got Julius Randle, an all-star, having a career season who now you look at as someone who can be a, a piece you build around. You've got R.J. Barrett, and then you've got a bunch of guys with failed first-round picks, Kevin Knox and Frank Nielakina on the roster. You've got a bunch of just dudes. So Tibbs has them playing exceptionally well. Well, not exceptionally well. They're they're a mediocre team at best. But compared to what the, the expectations were, it's exceptional. So, yes, the bigger story would be the Knicks making the playoffs. But on the call screener, it says... Would it be the Knicks making the playoffs or the Nets winning a championship? So I think that's a different yes. question, yes. and it's actually tougher. Yes, so. The bigger story in New York, yes. is it the Nets winning the championship or is it the Knicks making the playoffs? The fact that we're having yes. that conversation is sad because it means that the Nets fans <laughs> aren't showing up and showing out. But I don't think – I don't really think – and I appreciate your call, James. I don't really think that – like we have this conversation – are the Nets taking over the town? No, the, obviously the Nets are never going to take over the town. This is Knicks land. This is always going to be a Knicks town. The Nets could win the next 15 championships in a row. If the Knicks are a game over 500 at the All-Star break, that's always going to be the, the, the biggest uh, praise or the loudest noise you're going to hear will be from the Knicks fans. That, that... That's obvious. But I don't even think Nets fans care about that. They just they, they just go to their TV. They watch their all-stars do what they do, Kyrie Irving and James Harden, play well. They've won 12 straight with those guys, as I alluded to at the top of the show. That's all they care about. Can you win a championship? Okay, yes, we can win a championship. No one cares about taking over the city. If you're a Nets fan, I would say majority of Nets fans don't care about that. I'm pretty sure there are some. But there's no reason to care about that. Because what would you rather be? Where would you rather be right now? Would you rather be the Knicks, the seventh seed, where it is a celebration if you make the playoffs, or the Nets, the two seed, probably going to win the one seed. They'll get to the playoffs as the one seed and then win the Eastern Conference, and it's a disappointment if you lose the NBA Finals. So which place would you rather be in? The answer is obviously with the Nets. Ira in Staten Island. Talk to me, my hey, man. Hey, Ty, what's happening? What's this up? is an honor to talk to you oh, on wow. air. An Usually honor. I, did, I, did. I love it. Absolutely. I You're a it, young man. and up-and-coming uh, star, and I'm glad to see you getting the opportunity. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. 
So, yeah, I will. I will. So I, I couldn't agree with you more about Sam. You know, great kid. It's just it's time. You know, actually, I, I think it's better for him. Let, let him, you know, let him go, you know, get his head together, sit for a year and, and then get his get his career on track somewhere out of New York, hopefully out of the AFC. And I wish him all the, the best. But, you know, you know, the deal, you know, new coach, you know, new regime here. Uh, you got to drift quarterback and start fresh. I think they will. But just I, I, I'm not sure where you're at with this. I think in the draft and free agency, the way I would approach it, I think I, I think I would get my skill position players in the draft as best as I could. And I'm not saying I wouldn't sign a receiver. I, I don't think I'd blow up the market and spend $18 million or 20 on a receiver. But I'd get a complimentary receiver, and I, I would try to put my resources into you know pass rushing and the offensive line. I'm not sure where you're at. Yeah, and Ira, I, I'm with you. Rich Samini was on with, with Curious, and he said look, the Jets don't want to really spend, you know, go to the bank with these receivers. You can, There's a deep receiver draft. You, you can draft well. And, and Joe Douglas, he's not known for being a guy who's going to sacrifice the future, if you will, with draft assets and, and, and cap space just to go make big splashes. He wants to build this thing, quote-unquote, the right way. And as a Jet fan, you grow impatient sometimes. But, yeah, I'm with you, man. You can get receivers in the draft. I'm looking at pass rushers and offensive linemen uh, in free agency. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. And it's a pleasure to listen to you. And best of luck. And uh, hopefully this works out for you. Thank you, my man. Iron Staten Island. We'll, we look forward to seeing you going to all those road games next year. And instead of watching a team go 2-14 and 14 or 5-11, and 5-11, and 6-10, maybe we can get a 10-6 and 6 in there. What say you, Marco, in Jersey? Yeah, listen, Ty, thanks for having me on. I'm not a hater on Darnold. Uh-oh, here we go. I, I want to see him. Usually see- when you start with, I am not a hater, it means that you're going to follow with something that is haterish. So let me hear. Absolutely not. Uh, I want the Jets to keep Darnold, uh, maybe move down to the four, trade the two, slide down maybe to four or eight, get another pick. Panthers want a quarterback. Atlanta wants a quarterback. Uh, With free agency, you need – you spend the money on a shutdown corner because of the quarterbacks in your division – and you also want to pass rusher. Have to have that. With the other picks, you can get yourself a quality tackle to go the opposite side of Becton, maybe even if you want a center. But save the money for the shutdown corner and the pass rusher, and you can build through the draft. I'm with you, Marco. And look, from your lips to God's ears to Joe Douglas's ears, you build through the draft. Deshaun Watson, if that is available to you, and it sounds like at some point it will, that's the that's the the home run get right there, no question. That that's where you go, and then all of a sudden you recalibrate whatever it is that your your plan was coming into the off season. But if you don't get Deshaun, now I'm in that draft Zach Wilson. It does concern me a little bit that, and I was reminded of this earlier. Two years removed from shoulder surgery, on his throwing arm. Now, he seems to have recovered from that pretty well, but I don't know. Wear and tear kind of scares me. It would be the Jets to, to draft a guy who's supposed to be great, and then he succumbed to some injury that he suffered in college. <laughs> Nothing but biggie this afternoon. Ty Butler, 98.7 ESPN on Twitter. Ty D. Butler on the gram. Ty D. Butler and on the phones, 800-919-3776, 800-919-3776. So a couple of items just quickly before we get back to your phone calls. The New York Daily News reporting that Andujar will be shut down with a wrist injury. He will see a hand specialist. So another injury for the Yankees. Zach Britton's going to be out a couple of months because of the bone chip he's going to have removed from his elbow. Not that Indujar was going to be some impactful player for the Yankees this year, but maybe he could have been involved in some type of trade package. So, I mean, that's unfortunate to see. Also, last night, what was not unfortunate to see, Patrick Ewing getting Georgetown, a Big East 
championship for the first time since 2007. To see this guy, I, I would say, get robbed of opportunities to, to become a head coach in the NBA despite being on the bench as an assistant for many, many years. To see him get the opportunity at the collegiate level for his Hoyas team, I mean, you, you got to be happy for this guy. So big shout-out to Patrick Ewing. They embarrassed Creighton last night. I was going back and forth between that game and the Nets-Pistons. I turned. It was like a five-point game at one at one time. I turned back and it's fifteen for Patrick Ewan. And how about this? Yesterday was the anniversary, the the forty-ninth anniversary of Georgetown hiring John Thompson, who of course passed away last year. So on that on the forty-ninth anniversary, they clinched the Big East title. They're going back to the dance for the first time since twenty fifteen. The brackets will be revealed a little over two hours from now. I tell y'all one thing, bracketologists, Syracuse better be a part of that field. Are we going to have some problems? Have some problems. With the NCAA tournament, though, I wonder how much concern there is as far as the cancellations. Because I, I did read earlier that there is an outbreak on the campus of Duke. Duke was, of course, eliminated from the ACC tournament because they had positive cases. UVA, Kansas... FIU all were eliminated from the tournament because of COVID. But you're going down to a, a bubble in Indianapolis. You would assume that they should be okay, but it, it feels like madness is going to take on a, a bit of a different turn this year. It's going to be madness on steroids because madness is usually because of the upset frenzy. But now with COVID being involved and you know cancellations, you just hope and pray that these students get a chance, a legitimate chance to compete for that championship since they were robbed of that opportunity last year. So 6 o'clock, we'll see those brackets unveiled. All right, Buddha, you're in the Bronx. You want to talk hey, about what's the going on, my guy? What's up, Buddha? Oh, my man, guys? always happy to hear you, man. My, my guy, listen, I hope they make this a, a every weekend thing. Man. I love talk you so to much, him. man. Talk to him. Talk to him. What you got? Listen, um, quickly, one serious note, then I've got to get into the uh, basketball thing. You know, not only did Biggie die on March 9th, Craig Mack died on March 12th, yeah. and then Breonna Taylor on March 13th. This is a tough month, you know, the black community, I tell you. Yeah, man. You know, sitting back and thinking about these things, you know? Yes, sir. you got to be, you know, hug the people you love, keep them close to you, man, let them know you love them, you know? Amen. You never know. Every day is not promised. You know what I'm saying? Amen, amen. Now, listen, with this basketball, um, now with the Nets, um, listen, Kevin Durant comes back and he's 100% healthy. Nets are going to go to the NBA Finals. That, 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 I mean, that's not even debatable. But if he's not healthy or, you know, things don't go right and he has to take off time again, I believe my team has a shot. You know, just as long as Joel and B, you know, as long as he comes back healthy. Now, listen, I mean, listen. Li listen, so on Friday night, I'm watching that game. It was Sixers-Wizards, I believe. I'm watching that game. Mm -hmm. Joel Embiid goes up for that that dunk, comes down awkwardly. The first reaction you have is, oh, no, this has to be a torn ACL, just because you're so conditioned yeah. to believe that. And it yeah. breaks my heart. I'm not a Sixers fan, but as a Hoops fan. And also, I love Joel Embiid. I, I think he is he is great for the NBA. And that's mm -hmm. a guy who, if he's healthy, is going to give the Nets nightmares they have no defense for that uh deandre jordan no i love nick claxton but they have no d no team has it really has defense for Embiid. but the met the nets especially with their their lack of an interior presence they have no answer to him so i'm with you if if kate if the situation is no durant Mm. Yes, the, the the Sixers, I think that's a toss-up series. And B's you know, probably mm, going to be the MVP. Simmons, uh, you know, Tobias Harris is having a career year. I, I'm with you. There's another element to it, though. What's Listen, that? And, um, with Harden, I mean, he's balling out. But we've seen this before. Mm -hmm. This regular season. Yep. That's number one. Then number two, with the Nets, the Nets are coaching themselves. See, I know the teams I have, I have a proven coach who, who already directed a team to a championship and to another um, NBA Finals appearance. I, will, I mean, I will say plays, this, that plays into it. I will say this. Let's start with your second point and go in reverse order. So the proven okay. coach that you have is what? 
five months removed from blowing yet another 3-1 lead in the playoffs. And this is not a hot take. I think Doc Rivers is a really good coach. I also think he's overrated. Uh, that Celtics team, that Celtics, he, he's had a lot of good teams with the Clippers and the Celtics. He's got one championship. So I think he's a tad bit overrated. But to your first point about Harden, and I appreciate the call, Buddha. Harden, yes, has balled out in the regular season. He's won three straight scoring titles. He's got an MVP. And we've seen him flame out in the playoffs, in the biggest moments. I mean, you list them against the Spurs, against the Warriors. It wasn't great against the Lakers last year. Harden has flamed out. But here's the difference between what Harden was working with in Houston versus what he's doing now. With the Nets, he doesn't have to carry a team. Who was the second option for the Rockets when, when, he, was, when he was over there? Chris Paul. Many would argue if Chris Paul didn't get hurt in that, what was it, 2017 series against the Warriors, they get to the NBA Finals. Harden's alone. Yes, he melts under pressure. That that happened. Harden, in the biggest moment of that series, melted. 12 of 29 from the I don't know why I remember this, but 12 of 29 from the field, the, the Rockets missed 17 straight threes. He melted. But here in Brooklyn, the hierarchy has changed, where Harden no longer has to be the number one option. You've got Durant, who's the second best player in basketball, who's won two championships. We know Durant can be the best player on a championship team. So now Harden slides down. He has to be the number two. And then you've got Kyrie Irving, who is one of the best number twos that we've seen in the last 20 years. So the combination of those three players, it's almost like, a, like an unfair fight. Harden no longer is dealing with the same pressure that he had when he was in Houston. <laughs> Ty Butler, 98.7 ESPN, one hour down, 30 more minutes to play with. We did a ton on the Knicks and Nets in the first hour of the show. Uh, the Knicks, the expectation right now has to be to make the playoffs. Last night's win against Oklahoma City was critical. And you say, well, you're crazy. How, how is that a critical win? We still got 33 games left to play. Well, of the 33 games left to play, 19 are against teams over 500. Your record against teams over 500 is 4-11. and 11. So I can't count on that. When you get a team like Oklahoma City, one of the bottom tier in the Western Conference without their best player in, in SGA, that's a game you have to win. And the Knicks did just that yesterday, a career high for R.J. Barrett, who coming into this season, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know, the Knicks might have an R.J. Barrett problem because I don't know if he's ever going to be great. Now, I still feel like that, but he's been pretty good this season. I ask myself about R.J. Barrett. Can he, like, what is his ceiling? Can he be the best player on, on a true contending team? I would say no. Now, he's, he's young. He's a baby, right? He's still got a, a long way to go to, to prove or show us what he actually is as a player. Like, what he ultimately becomes isn't who he is now. But can he be the best player on a championship team? I don't think so. Can he be the second best player on a championship team? Huh, who knows? Third best player? Julius Randle, same thing. He's 26. He should be a part of your future. There, was, there were conversations being had four weeks ago about the Knicks possibly trading him. But obviously that has been extinguished because of how, how great he has been, an all-star, still very young. He can be a, a piece, a part of this foundation going forward, the core. But you're going to have to pay him a good amount of money. Can Julius Randle be the best player on a championship team? No. Can he be the second best player on a championship team? So these are the questions you're going to ask yourself about these guys going forward. And I don't want to get too ahead of myself because, look, we're, we're in year one of this Tom Thibodeau experience. And it's off to a great start. You are ahead of where you thought you would be. Now you're going to look to free agency and, you know, drafting orchestrating some some mega blockbuster deals whenever the next disgruntled star becomes available. That's going to happen. So I get it. Pump the brakes on looking at this thing five years down the line. But if you're a Knicks fan, you have to be excited. You're the seventh seed right now. There are five games separating 
seeds 4 through 13. The only teams that I know for a fact in the Eastern Conference that are better than the Knicks are the Nets, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Heat, and the Celtics. That is it. So from 6 on down, you can be there. I don't have any proof that the Hornets are better than the Knicks. No proof that the Bulls are better than the Knicks. No proof that the Wizards are better than the Knicks. The Hawks, all of these teams that are are bunched together, the Knicks have a shot to leapfrog all of them. So we did that on the Knicks. We also talked about the Nets. James Harden, there was a lot of trepidation when it came to them trading for him. But he's been fantastic. And I don't know if there's anyone sitting there today saying that they would go back and not make that move because somehow Jared Allen is Wes Unseld. He's been great. Another triple-double for him last night. Nine with the Nets so far. I believe the, the record for a season is 13 with Jason Kidd. So he's on pace to pass that. We did some football as well. The Jets, I'm nervous. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And in, in theory, you should already know what the plan is because the Jags, who are number one, are going to take Trevor Lawrence. So essentially, the, the Jets are on the clock. We might as well just ex- exclude the Jags from the draft. We know they're taking Trevor Lawrence. So the Jets are on the clock. What are you going to do? Are you going to trade back for more picks? Are you going to take Zach Wilson? Are we trading for Deshaun Watson? Russell Wilson feels like a pipe dream, but let's just leave that on the table because I'm a Jet fan and I'm thirsty. Ton of cap space. Excellent draft capital. The ceiling, as the great Michael Jordan would say, is the roof. For the Giants, Daniel Jones, evaluation season upcoming. You need to surround him with weapons. And speaking of Daniel Jones, so Dave Gettleman spoke to the media this week. And he reiterated that his franchise is still all in on Daniel Jones. Well, you know, you you, you do your evaluation. We've had Daniel for two years. We've done the evaluation on him, and we really believe he's the guy. So it's it's no reason to you know no reason to go look. I mean, everybody, you know, what we're doing is in fantasy football. We're not playing. We're not doing that. You know, we've we, we've got a conviction on him. He's everything we want. He's got all the physical skills. And again, I I, I say this all the time. You know, the guy the kid just finished his second year of of NFL football. All right. How many of us, after two years at our new job, were great? No, we all start at point A, and we hopefully get, <clears throat> excuse me, hopefully get to point Z. But the one common denominator is it takes time. Everybody's got to understand that. We're, we believe in Daniel, and that's where it is. Yeah. So, how many of us are good after year two? That is an excellent question. It's a great question. So, how how about we go through? the quarterbacks in the NFL that we knew one way or another was good after year two. Let's start in the division where my New York Jets play. Buffalo, Josh Allen, did we know? How about you hop on the mic here, Michael? I'll I'll play this game with you. So the question is, did we know that this quarterback was good after two seasons? Josh Allen. We knew there was something there. Yes. We had... We had our, our questions answered in the affirmative there. Now, not this version of him, but when he was in Carolina, Kim Newton. Yes. Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. Lamar Jackson. Yes. Baker Mayfield. Eh, that one that one was that one was iffy because you did have the Freddie Kitchen situation, but I think the questions are answered year three. I mean, he now. was spectacular last year. Yeah. All right. Uh Deshaun Watson. Of course. Now that the answer is different now for this quarterback because of what happened post injury, but he was before that having an MVP season. Carson Wentz. Yes. Okay. This one feels tough though. Like, you're gonna really have to think about this one. Patrick Mahomes. Oh. It's tough. Tough. He did. He did sit his first year. You got to remember that. Yeah. Was he not good enough to beat out Alex Smith? <laughs> I, I, I think he'll pass. Uh, all right, Dak Prescott. Yes. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Okay. Drew Brees. Yep. Uh, Tom Brady. Yeah. Okay. Russell Wilson. Yep. Kyler Murray. Yep. All right. So uh, 
Dave Gettleman, I mean, listen, he's married to this guy, Daniel Jones, because the story of his his GM tenure here in New York is going to be whatever Daniel Jones becomes. You, know, you draft Saquon Barkley number two overall, and then you take Daniel Jones, who no one on the planet thought you were going to take. But you're, Dave Gettleman asked, who's really good after year two? Well, he might be talking about Daniel Jones. He could also be talking about himself because they Dave Gettleman, three years in, haven't been great. The Giants are 10 and 33 under Dave Gettleman. I, I did see a headline earlier. I forget where I saw it, but it said David Dave Gettleman thinks the Giants are right there. Oh no, they they're right there. They're right. They better be right there. Year four of, of the Dave Gettleman experience. You better be right there, Dave, because this might be it for you. Giants missed the playoffs. Oh, it's it's uh, it's it's clean the house time when it comes to Dave Gettleman and I think the quarterback. So for this year, it's fun if you're not a Giants fan watching, or if it's fun if you're watching a team go through a a season long quarterback audition. Except if you are a fan of said team. So for me, watching Daniel Jones go through this this year, it'll be fun. We really get to see what he becomes. And why I say it's fun if if you're not. It's not fun if you're a fan of the team because there's so many ebbs and flows, right? Like it, there's anxiety, there's a lot of pressure. Like your entire future pre- is predicated on what happens at that that quarterback position. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Daniel Jones can do. You hope that you know Golden Tate's gone, but you hope that they can add some receivers. I know Kenny Galladay is a name that has been mentioned. Build up the offensive line. You draft well. Not a ton of of cap space, but there is some flexibility if you, you know, reconfigure some contract. Uh, contract. You saw they did that with Nate Solder. So, the Giants, big year for Daniel Jones, to say the least. Dave in Queens, you've been waiting patiently. Hey, Ty. What's up, bro? Hey, Ty. Um, what up, my I'm G? calling about Marvin Hagler. Um, last night I was in a bar. My friend called me, told me. He didn't text me. Pivotally, you could just see he called me. That's a, that says a lot in this world. And he said, Dave, Marvin Hagler passed. Yeah, man. And I was like, wow, because... That is an end of an era because those four guys, him, Hearns, Leonard, and um, Durant, he's the first one to go now out of those four. And that one hit hard because um, it's unexpected, of course. We've lost a lot of Hall of Famers in sports. He's a Hall of Famer, true icon, loved him. He was my favorite of the four. And um, for all those that don't know Marvin Hagler, I wish they would read a book called The Four Kings by a guy named Kimball. And also go on YouTube, do what they can, and watch those four guys, especially Hagler. He was my favorite one. What What is your take? And um, of all the sadness, we're talking about all these deaths. I'm sorry to bring up more death, but his had to be brought up uh, on your show. Yeah, of course. Because, and any show, of for that course. matter, worldwide. Worldwide, because he was the man. That's my favorite weight class, those guys. And, you know, really, rest in peace, Marvin Hagler, please. And thanks very much, Ty. Thanks, Dave. And, yes, yesterday the news came out that at the age of – 66, the great, marvelous Marvin Hagler did pass away. And I immediately go to Twitter, and all you see are the video compilations of that fight in 85 where he went up against Tommy, the, the hitman, Hearns. And he, they're calling it one of the best three-round three fights of all time, that, that first round where they're just going at each other. And it's part of—so Hagler predates me, of course— I remember, you know, Tyson and Holyfield and and Lennox Lewis, and now I've gotten more into boxing as of late. But part of the reason why people will contend boxing isn't as popular as it once was is because you don't see the, the, those marquee fights as consistently as you did back in the old days. And then when you do get those fights, it's Floyd Mayweather at age 65 fighting Manny Pacquiao with a torn rotator cuff at age 53. And it's just not the same. But, yes, RIP to the great Marvin Hagler. That was uh, that was tough news yesterday. Jerome in New Jersey. What's up, my man? Hey, how you doing, brother? What's good? Talk to me. I'm enjoying the show, man. Thank like you, I bro. told my, my, my man, listen, this, I like this flavor for Sunday afternoons, man. They need to sign you up permanently. Talk to him. Let's get the contract. Let's get the contract Talk done. Talk to him. Talk to him. <laughs> yes, sir. So, yeah, I got a question for you. This is crazy because I'm a big Knicks fan, huge Patrick Ewing fan, right? What would it take 
for Patrick Ewing to be a greater coach than he was a player? <sighs> Patrick Ewing to become a greater coach than he was a player, it starts with, yeah. as a coach, winning championships. Mm-hmm. It, it starts mm-hmm. with, you know, continuing to that program, obviously, it has, has a ton of success associated with it. Right. So if he can build that legacy as a, a championship-winning mm-hmm. head coach, then absolutely. Yeah. It's funny, because I appreciate your call, Jerome. I was talking to, to Alan Hahn earlier, and I said, "Let's uh, your top five of guys who, quote-unquote, deserved to win a championship here in New York City. Like, earned. Earned the right to win a championship. Like the, it, it just sucks that they didn't win. Like legit stars, and obviously Patrick Ewing's on that list. And then we go Don Mattingly, David Wright, Henrik Lundqvist. He says Bart Scott. Agreed. Jet fan. Carmelo Anthony has to be on that list. And if the Mets don't win a title, Jacob Degrom. If Nick Mango wasn't an offensive lineman, he would probably be on that list too. Mike Piazza. So that was a fun little game we played earlier. But yes, Patrick Ewing. I'm I'm happy for him. Now, Georgetown, are you going to make any noise in the tournament? Probably not. But this could be the foreshadowing of, of things to come as far as success. I don't know that he'll ever become a, a better coach than he was a player, as, as Jerome just asked. But if that's the case, then it starts and ends with winning championships, of course. Uh, Mel in New Jersey. What's up, my man? My man's Ty. What up, boy? What's good, so, bro? Oh, man, Mitch fan. Knicks fans love asking the question, are the Nets going to take over the town? Well, guess what, Knicks fans? We want to take over the world, all right? We want all the fans to become Knicks fans. I got a friend who's, who's a Miami Heat fan right now because the Heat was back then. The and, Ty, let me tell you something else, Ty, right? Okay. You know there's only two players in the NBA right now that got over 30 points, that's averaging over 30 points this season? Bradley Beal. Joel Exactly. Joel Embiid and Bradley, Bradley Bill. Bill. Yep. You know who's missing from that list? James Harden. James Harden been going off for 30 these past three years, you know? And he out here throwing lobs up to everybody like he's Oprah, you know? You get out of here. You get out of here. You can be on the poster. You can be on the poster. So guess what, Knicks fans? If you guys want to miss this awesome show, because also, right, you can tell these guys are having fun. Like, they throw up these these wild shots, you know, that are making coach get angry until crunch time come, and then they want to shut things down and get these get these buckets. And last point, Ty, last point, man. So, we got Steve Nash. We got – um I forget the GM name right now. But then we got Mike Dan and Sean Marks. All Marks. these guys – Sean Marks, yes, yes. They were all on the side together, man. They lost titles to the Lakers, to the Spurs. So they won a championship, you know? Like, these Nets, I feel like they're going to get a championship if KD come back or not. I love KD. I know he's an amazing player. But the, no, the well, Mal, you're not. You're, I, I, you're not beating. It's it's going to be a toss-up getting past the Sixers and the East. You're not beating the Lakers without Durant. That's not going to happen. But but listen, but listen, we average 120 points a game, man. Yeah, no, I get We're that. But the Lakers, the Lakers are the number one defense in the NBA. And by the way, I don't know if you've heard this before. It's a rumor, but they've got probably the best player of all time still in his prime. <laughs> so so I, you're not – without that. Durant, and I appreciate your call, Mel, I'm up against the clock, but without Durant, and, and you know, I love Durant. I, I'm rooting for the Nets, of course, because my, Durant's my guy. I want to see him win championships. But if he doesn't come back, you're not – got no chance of beating the Lakers. <laughs> Couple minutes left here. Ty Butler on 98.7 ESPN. We do got some breaking news out of the NFL. Adam Schefter reporting that the Packers have reached an agreement with running back Aaron Jones on an extension, four years, $48 million, including a $13 million signing bonus. So there you have that. Adam Schefter, by the way, tweeted something earlier that was kind of annoying if you're a Jet fan because he started the tweet by saying Houston and Miami have a deal. So when you see those words put together in a sentence, your immediate reaction is what? Deshaun Watson is going to Miami. So Adam Schefter clearly knew what he was doing. Clearly. Adam Schefter is amazing. He's the GOAT. But come on, Schefter. You got Jet fans who follow you. Jet fans like myself 
we won't be able to handle. I mean, could you imagine Deshaun Watson being traded to Miami? That is the single worst case scenario. Like if he goes to San Francisco, fine. But if he goes to Chicago, fine. But Miami in your division, you've got to face Josh Allen twice, Deshaun Watson twice, and then my and then um, Bill Belichick, whoever they come up with that quarterback. That that is a nightmare scenario. But congrats to Aaron Jones. I'm still annoyed with the Packers for what they did to to, to Aaron Rodgers. The fact that he only has one Super Bowl is a it is a disgrace. It is organization malpractice. Drafted a quarterback, traded up last year to draft a quarterback who didn't play. Aaron Rodgers gets them to the NFC Championship game, but loses to Brady, but because his organization just consistently betrays him. But had to get that off my chest. All right, let's end the show with your phone calls. We did a lot of football today. Uh, the Jets, free agency. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Roy and Patterson, are you nervous as well? Um, yes, I am nervous. I'm not exactly sure where the Jets are going to be going or where the Giants are going to be going. Um, I called specifically for two reasons. Number one, I wanted to wish you the best of luck on your new show and hope that they give you many more opportunities to go and uh, have this type of uh, platform going forward. And the um, second thing is I wanted to find out exactly why um, Trey Lance and the other quarterback have been placed ahead of Justin Fields because I do believe that the level of competition that Fields has had versus um, the Brigham Young quarterback and, and, and Trey Lance has been much, much different. So I'm wondering why. They are taking this, a lot of a lot of these um, GMs are taking this type of position, and I want to thank you very much for the opportunity and the time. Appreciate you, Rory. Uh, it, it feels like Zach Wilson is second on essentially everyone's quarterback board, aside from Chris Sims, who who has him above Trevor Lawrence. And I saw that there are some Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes comparisons. So that's that's a that's a little exciting. I I don't want to go nuts with that, but it, Zach Wilson seems to be the guy that everyone just feels is is closer to being NFL ready, closer to being a star. And if if that is what the consensus is, you know, the Jets are going to take him. But I'm, I'm looking at we don't really know what the Jets are going to do. Now, why is that? Is it because they're just keeping everything so close to the vest? No one knows anything, or is it, or is it because they still have no idea what they're gonna do? Guess that's what it comes down to. Joey in West Babylon, what's up, Joey? What up? Hey, how's it going, Ty? Thanks for taking the call, man. Oh, it's going quite well. Um, yeah, it's good to hear you on, man. Um, Thank you, bro. I just uh, just wanted to call in and just tell you, I'm sure you probably already know this, but, uh, you know, you are the glue that holds the Dave Rothenberg show together on Saturday mornings, and uh, I just don't think you get enough appreciation from uh, from Mr. Dave Rothenberg himself. Yeah, I mean, I, are you on Twitter? <laughs> no, I'm not, unfortunately. I was going to say, if you're on Twitter, you should you should tweet that to him, because I don't, I don't think he hears it enough. I don't think he hears it enough, but I do appreciate it. You could just pass the word along to him. Just, I know, but uh, it, just tell him, it, it's you know, better you... firsthand. Secondhand is all, is always a diminished version of, of firsthand, but I appreciate, right, I appreciate uh, the love. And post it up there for him. <laughs> I appreciate the love. You got anything else? Yeah, just, um, you know, I, I, not to, uh, you know, perpetuate the point too much, but, you know, you're 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 the DJ LeMay basically, of the show. You there know, you, you had average end power. You know, you uh, you save him from himself when he's alienating his mom and his wife oh, for what a you know doing nice things for his birthday, and you know uh, you know he puts you on the spot and you come with the content even though you know he's had the time to prepare and you produce the show at the same time. So I just uh, don't think you're appreciated. Hopefully you get your own spot what? on uh, on Sunday. It's been been good to hear you. So. What a phone call! Thank you so much, Joey and West Babylon. Uh, what he was talking about just quickly was Dave's birthday was last week and. He complained about how his wife and his mom didn't get him anything, even though his mom took him out to lunch and his wife made him a nice dinner. They got him a cake as well. So it, it was just how unappreciative Dave is. But um, just a couple minutes left in the show. I did want to just, you know, put a bow on this where we started with the Knicks. I think they make the playoffs. I think they get it done. And if they don't, I, it's a disappointment. And it's not where they started before the season. 
It's where you are now with recalibrated expectations, and that is you're one of the, the 10 best teams in the Eastern Conference. You're not the Bucks. you're not the Sixers, you're not the Nets, you're not the Celtics, you're not the Heat. But in that next grouping, you absolutely are good enough to be there. The Nets won last night. James Harden has been spectacular. I know a lot of people are going to still look at his postseason failures, but I'd argue that he is in a, a different position now because he's got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving alongside him. The Jets' free agency starts this week. What are they going to do? Do they spend money on receivers? You go offensive line. Pass rushers, you got a lot of needs. When, whenever you have $70 million of cap space and the number two overall pick, it means that your team stinks. So it's like when, when you look at the, the draft coverage, uh, the, the bottom of the screen, the, the bottom graphic says team needs. For the Jets, everything, literally everything. Need a quarterback, you need some offensive line help, you need pass rushers, you need receivers, you need a corner, you literally need everything. So it's, it's going to be fun, but also riddled with anxiety. The Giants, a little bit more stability there. You got to get some weapons for Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley's coming back. I, I think we all can assume he's going to be great. Um, we, we've seen a lot of these players come back from the ACL injuries. He's going to be great. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.